welcome to VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. We're on episode 69. Um, right, uh, whether you're watching on YouTube or, or downloaded for a listen on iTunes, Spotify, please, please leave us a nice review. Um, we'd love to get up to where we were about 30 odd in the iTunes charts just before Christmas, but it needs those reviews to push it up and get plugged. So, if there's one thing I can plead with you do that. You know, hear me, see me every week on this, Steve Lillis. You also see John Evans every week. He's a, he looks a bit tired tonight. He's like me, had a mad day, I think. You see his poster we see every week. He's gone from a different angle. We'll have to ask him about the Caesars Palace poster. Anyway, um, special guest this week. Um, I'll tell you what, our number one guest over the last year and a half <laughs> we've been doing this, and we say this, and we don't care who we say it to either, because it's true. We basically have some brilliant guests on it. It's former British featherweight champion, Ryan Walsh. Ryan... Thanks, as always, for um, coming on. Thanks for having me. I love talking boxing, Stephen. I love talking with you, lads. So it's a pleasure to be back on again. Uh, you're the man. Look, before we crack on, now the dust has settled on your fight with Maxi Youth for his IBO title. How are things? You know, when we're recording this nine days on, you've had a lot of time to reflect. How are you? It wasn't, is it fair to say it wasn't the best performance? 100%. Um, all credit goes to... Um, all credit goes to Max and his team for employing the tactics to make me look, feel <laughs> not too great. And, and, you know, this is boxing. And I was outboxed. I didn't think he was... I think the problem is, and what I said to my brother in the ring moments after, nothing's changed in nine days. I said this nine seconds after the fight finished. I'm not as good as what I thought I was or think I am. And Max is a little bit better and a lot more trickier than I give him credit for having seen him fought Liam live. Liam didn't make that job look that hard. I tried to do the same job. All credit to Max. He, he's really slippery. I couldn't really nail him. I tried to get my fists on him. And I know I'm hard to nail. I know he didn't really nail me. But full credit to him because I've not been in a position where someone's been as tactically cute, I'd say. Because I've been in with negative guys and I expected the hit and move tactics. But he was, he was a little bit better than that. And just full credit to them. Full credit. Just one question for you. I'm sure John's got something to ask you or a couple of things. Now, look, you, 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 you're 35, but you're a boxer who's really looks after himself. We know how you and Liam live. I don't even know if you've ever had a Mars bar, but, um, <laughs> you know, what is the future for you now as a, as a professional boxer? Not, I'm not saying because I don't believe, that, you know, I know how well you live and you can still box, but given the age and having that one more assault, how long it's going to take to get up to where you want to be? Well, I think I tick boxes that I needed to tick for my own self, like doing the 12 rounds. I've never felt that good. Um, I feel that the performance didn't. That's what's annoying for me, for the for the, the training, preparations, the food, everything. I felt brilliant. I just couldn't manage to imply my style on someone that tactically good, really, to be fair. His tactics were brilliant. I look forward to watching his next fight. Um, I, went for, I went to try and do something that, excited me and challenged me. I went to try and go up two weights and fight a tricky southpaw. And I've talked to my brothers today, funny enough. I'm not very good with southpaws. My first genuine amateur loss was to a southpaw. I then lost my first England title fight to TJ Doheny, a southpaw. I lost my last amateur fight to Campbell. Although with Campbell, there's footage there, people can look and see whatever. But either way, it's quite obvious now on review, looking back from amateurs to pros over the last 15 years, the southpaw seems to have jazz or beat me fair and square. 
just have that bargain. With, I, I think we even talked to the gym. My brother said Ricky Ann was the same. Ricky Ann didn't like so far. I didn't realise I didn't like him because I can go so far. And I've done 10 rounds of that fight probably so far. But the results aren't coming against so far. So you've got to be honest with yourself. So far, aren't really, not very good, not good for me. I'm not very good at dealing with them, clearly. But looking back, Ryan, when you've seen um, your brother fight Maxi and you, you know, you saw how Liam dealt with him, do you think that may be a bit of a, a not a blessing in disguise as you might have thought beforehand? Do you think it maybe put something in your mind and you tried to follow it and you couldn't get untracked from that? Yes, um, I, I made some mistakes because Liam's very good. When Liam won that fight, he was relentless. He was like a bully. Nothing, Liam's nothing like that. Liam's one of the quietest, nicest humans I've ever met. And that might be biased, might be between. But in the ring, he's a beast, he's an animal. And he, um, he treated Max with such disdain. And it was just obvious he was better than him. I even said it in the when Dazan came to Irish to talk. I said, Liam's style will always beat him. And what I thought, I, had, I with the fitness I have, and the attitude I had going into the ring, well, okay, I'll be able to get there. And I've got a different variety to Liam, so I'll be successful. Well, Maxie's, um, to nail Maxie, Liam made that look a lot easier. And I think maybe because Liam's got that natural little bit of extra length and also a little bit more gung-ho style. Liam's, Liam's a, lot, like, a lot less cautious, more brave. And, and what he's done with Maxie, he, he, he shows how good of a result it was because Maxie's now gone on a rip. He's won six fights on the trot for the first time in his career. Beat all the fighters... Three or four of me weren't meant to win, but Liam come off the back of a two-year layout. He had one run out with a guy who I'd beat seven years ago, and beat Maxi like he was nothing. So he showed Liam's quality to me even more that night. And and I'll say another thing: for our career as amateur and pro, only one time amateur, but mainly amateur and pro. Every time me and Liam were forced, when he's always outshot me, always. If we, I, I'd go four rounds with a journeyman, he'd stop him. And this is just another case of that. And, and that's another thing that was quite obvious to me on the night. I looked at Liam, I said, I'm just not as good as what I thought I was. I'm not as good as what I think I am. And you are as good as what I've told everyone you are. I still think Liam's the most talented boxer to come out of Norfolk. It's a big thing to say when you've got John Fax in European, world title, and you've got Herbie. But I still, oh, yeah. for talent, just for talent, I put Liam there as number one. Not, not, and that's not my bias. That's with my own boxing knowledge and eyes. The talent served for anyone to see. I've had a lot of people tell me this as well. When you watch him, whether it be inspiring, the talent's there. And it's something probably you can't really teach. He's just got something. I think you're doing yourself down a little bit there, yeah. Ryan. You know, um, It was your first fight up at that. Steve always says something. He says um, fighters go through spells of maybe 18 months, two years, where they're unbeatable. You know, they fully believe in themselves in the form of his life. And I've got no doubt you've heard the rumours about how Maxi was doing with Josh Taylor sparring beforehand. No, no, I heard he was doing really well, though. Yeah, I yeah. did, yeah. Heard he was doing, I, yeah, it's true that. Yeah, apparently, yeah, you know, so that's the very top of a sport, and Maxi was doing yeah. very, very well with the very top. Yes. So for you to jump up that, he's in the form of his life, I think you may be doing yourself a yeah. little bit of a disservice, Ryan. I know I it won't thought, be, it's not easy for you to say it, is yeah. it? Because you're a fighter. But yeah, from but the I, outside, I, just thought, I think my um, my greatest asset and my biggest weakness at the same time is my honesty. And so to move yeah. forward, I have to be honest with myself. I thought I could bridge all them gaps, wait. Um, run a form experience that everybody's in just with my style alone and my style wasn't I wasn't able to do that to Max and again I can only credit him because I've seen it live I've seen him crumble to that type of pressure and style and he was he was very cute and he's one of the hardest people I've ever tried to name and I've even had a guy turn up once in the contract and literally run and I had more success with him so yeah. I can only like I said I can only give him more props but also yeah. I have to reflect to myself myself I'm not as good 
I can't stress it enough. I've said it to everyone. I was. I apologise for the people who come and watch. My saving grace in that on that show is the Kiko Martinez Warrington fight was that good. All the people who travelled up to see me and performed like that, he was saved by that one. I was so happy that they got a fight <laughs> that they're all raving about. So I thought that's the fight I wanted to be involved in, but I didn't have the dance partner who was any who was interested in that at all. And I realised this in the press conference when I offered him, let's have a fight, let's meet in the middle. And he had no. He, just all fair play to them. They weren't they weren't taking the bet. And they, I would have rather that. I would have rather a fight. And he probably could have still won that way anyway. But I would have rather that. I would have definitely rather have a good swing. Just one final question, quick question before we pop, before we crack on with, with um, six rounds of non-stop boxing talk, Brian. What, what weight will you return at? Definitely lightweight. It took me till the oh, yeah. Tuesday before the Tuesday before the weigh-in. So we weighed in on Friday. It was the first time I got into 10 stone the whole, t- the whole time. I don't eat, drink, smoke. Uh, I don't do anything negative and I've never ate so well. So to get under 10 stone was, uh, was, was um, a good enough. eight, 10 week process. So moving forward, I couldn't, I couldn't get to nine fall with, with a, to, to get nothing. It'd be no again. And the fitness I showed in that fight, I was really happy with. I know I didn't get my punches off, but it was the most energy I've showed. In, in, in preparation and in the fight I just couldn't get my fist up Alright then well, well we'll crack on thanks very much for that insight Ryan very honest as you always are when you're doing an interview with a magazine speaking to us fantastic um, honesty's the best policy I spoke to you that was brilliant <laughs> hearing from you we're going to kick on you know how we work Ryan three minutes of non-stop talk um Round one over to you, John. We're back to you starting the pod as you like. A man who maybe Maxi Hughes could even fight one day now, Devin Haney. Yeah, I, I actually believe that fight was pretty close before Cambosas beat um, Tiafimo Lopez. I think it was not very far away from being made at all. But Devin Haney, maybe Devin realised just how stupid he looked from making all these demands and things like that and how long it was taking. And he's finally bit the bullet, give up a few little clauses in my contract and things like that. And he's backing himself to go over to Australia, fight Cambosas. He'll have to fight him twice if he beats him. I think there's a rematch clause. But finally, Devin Haney's backing himself, backing his talent, backing what everyone has said about him, but we've not actually seen yet, and backing himself to go and win this undisputed lightweight title. Probably an attitude Ryan likes, although Ryan would have done it 18 months ago. Um, but I'm pleased that finally I've whinged about these lightweights enough. I'm pleased yeah. that finally one of them has decided to uh, enough of a talking, enough of a whinging and social media, and he's actually taking the ball by the arms, going to the other side of the world and actually trying to win the titles. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll, go, I'll just say, look, he could have stayed at home in Prussy, 27 and zero. He could have improved on that, still made top dollar, and he's had a great time with Eddie Earn. I think he didn't want to leave him, but he's had to sign a chunk of his career over to top rank and Lou Bella, which he might have done with gritted seed. But he's doing it and he shows fights. These fights can be made. And even if the even though the potential the superstars in the making give way. Over to you, Ryan. I, I agree with it all. You see, for boxing, it would have been better with someone like Lomachenko, not a lost, because this guy pursues the biggest fights. He's a bit of a throwback like Canelo. He's one of these, he wants to be active. But I think Haney has got everything. And the size, I mean, the size of these, these are proper top big lightweights. But he might have that downfall too, which Tio had. So right, having all that size, but can you then can you then sustain that for 12 rounds? And I think 
you talk about form in the life that we just saying a minute ago. I think Cambosa's in the form of his life. He's fast. He's at home. And and I think I've called it in that I'm, I'm in a box up group. We've got a friend who we, we all share. Our, and I'm calling it now. I'm calling a controversial points win for Cambosa's in a fight that it's going to be. I think it'd be really close. I think his speed. He's, he's got the home advantage where all he has to do is match him. We all know the rules. You're the champion. So as long as you match him, I mean, just recently in my fight, I got scored a shutout for the first time in my life. Now, I don't believe that at all. But when you're the champion, you seem to have to do less to win a round, which I don't like, but it's the truth. And he's going to be in Australia. We're going to cheer, cheer every near miss. And the energy he brings, Cambosis, it, it could be could be one of them controversial ones. He's it's, it's certainly going to be exciting. Look at Horn and Pacquiao. You know, a workhorse, yeah. getting it done on fitness, the crowd right behind him yeah. in that afternoon sun. Sandy it's going to be the same for him. Great example. Cost my friends a lot of money, that. that <laughs> <was> the... <laughs> there we go. All right. Round two over to you, Ryan. Um, I'm going to show you something I've got coming up next. Judging judges. Well, with the fight that's just happened, the, the British super flyweight title, I believe, you oh, reversed it. So you'll know better than anyone. And I go back to the Catrell, the Catrell um, Taylor one. That really annoyed me because you don't even have to understand boxing to understand a winner and a loser. I don't. And I, I once was a big fan of Taylor. I was a fan of the man. I like to support the the man. It's like Lion football. I'm a huge United fan, but thanks to Cantona. So Cantona dragged me along. Um, UFC Masvidal dragged me along. Taylor was my boxing one. I looked at him. I thought you can box. You can fight. You don't talk too much rubbish. And then with this fight, it's gone the total opposite. He's, he's, he's had time to watch that fight, you know, and everything Catrell said he was going to do, he'd done. And um, there was a post um, put out before before that fight by his ex-trainer Lee Beard. And if you read it, ever read that, it was brilliant. Going back to the judges thing, we didn't get what we wanted from when the judges got it wrong. So Ian John Lewis has been downgraded. All he can do is not do world title fights. He can still do European, could still do British. He can still ruin lives in accidentally or whatever. I don't care. You, you, I've been on the end of decisions which are unfathomable. And I've, I, even if it's just one judge, just one judge who's got it wrong. And um, the non-accountability annoys me with judges. So judging judges, who is the people doing that? Because the British Board of Boxing needs to need to hire that job, job out to neutral. They shouldn't be judging their own. But we're, we're all um, licensed members, boxing members. Why can't we judge them? Why can't we have our say? Because all of us should have written to the boxing news, not the boxing news, to the British Board of Boxing. We should have all appealed to have this straightened out once and for all. That should have been the best thing that comes from a real bad night, bad decision. Do you, think, do you think there's any possible way that could happen? I've never heard anyone mention that before, where the actual fighters and trainers themselves judge the judges. Do you think that's workable, or do you think it you get like a, a conflict of interests where you'd have judges against people who voted them down in the past? And do you think it you could actually make that work? Well, I think with the invention of box rec, just the other night I got um, my I didn't know who was judging my fight until on the night, and one of the judges has never ever scored a fight for me. Yeah, I think it's McDonald. Never scored a fight for me. And in the change room, I remember being pissed off. I thought, well, there's one judge. No matter what I do, if I've looked through all my career, he's never scored a fight for me. And I think with things like coming in, where you've got the information, you've got it, you should be able to have your set. And who's judging the judges now? So if it is the British Border Boxing, that's a conflict of interest. Because they're judging the people that they're... How, how can they judge fairly? Then, like, you've never seen anything happen with these people. 
we need these people to actually come and talk. We need to talk to them. People. Ian John Lewis needs to be talked to. He, uh, he's, he's had some horrific ones. And, and they should be made accountable because we never see no accountability. And downgrading him from an air star referee to an air referee. Not good. That was fantastic. Right, round three, and I'm going to carry on with that theme. And what I will say, because I can admit it's a similar sort of topic, and I'll just say this, and I said this on the pod the other week for a joke, not for a joke. John answered it in one, thinking I was joking. Who do you think decides the A-star referees? It's not the British Bottle of Boxing again, is it? No, it's the A-star referees already there. But there you go. Oh. <laughs> anyway. This is, this is, hey, who polices the police? Anyway, police so, is... this, this <laughs> round's called I'm coming up round three. What's the score? So what, what was that's, that? That's why that comes into it. I tell you what it was. I just want to get your opinions on this, fellas. It's how they score fights. There's this thing, okay, we know it's not written in, in stone. You've got to score rounds... Um, you know, 10-8, but there's always this, you score around 10-8 if, you know, it's, it's, if there's a knockdown. Now, yesterday, the um, Tommy Frank fight where he challenged, where he defended his British flyweight title against Craig Derbyshire, a one-word draw. Magnificent fight, by the way. Both boys left every last pick they had in there. Um, I thought, it, even with the two knockdowns, scoring 10-8 as, you know, we think you have to, I still had Craig winning by two rounds. Um, he was fantastic in the second half of the fight. Maybe when, when Tommy should have been in the ascendancy, you would have thought. But um, in the fifth round, he's dropped by a, 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 a you know a nice body shot from Tommy. You know, don't see it coming. He's dropped by a short left of the body. Gets up and counter two. He's not hurt. He had been absolutely masterful in that round. Dominated it, and it becomes a 10-8 round. The twelfth round, he was he was winning when he was sort of with the controversial. Um, flooring in the, in the 12th round. I only, I only saw it in real time um, and it looked like he was slipping and got punched as he slipped, so it counts a knockdown. But Carl Greaves, um, Derby's manager I spoke to, they, he swears it was a shove, it shouldn't have been. But, you know, this thing, what you, I don't want your guys' opinions on 10-8 rounds and if a fight was dominant and he gets dropped, what should happen? You know, should they be instructed to score better, these guys? It's a, it's a really tricky one. Um... If they're winning the round, it's definitely a 10 8, but you can't go to a 10 7 because you no, can't. I'm be winning Craig Darby, she was winning the round, he was dropped in. So yeah, he loses yeah. that round 10 8. Both them knockdowns are really controversial as well. I watched them both back. On the one angle, it's terrible. It didn't look like a knockdown, it looked like a shove. The second one in the 12. On the other angle, there was a punch, so technically by the law. But if he's winning the round, no, he shouldn't be a 10 8 because there's a three minute round. If you win one second by one punch, how can you take, how can you get a two point advantage in that? You have to take into account the whole round. So I don't believe it should be a 10-8. In a round that the other guy's winning, it should be a 10-9. Yeah. Maybe uh, you're, you're penalising the guy for getting knocked down rather than uh, rewarding the guy for scoring the knockdown. Maybe it could be looked at a little bit like that. But there you go. It's the end of the round anyway. Round four, over to you, John. Your final topic about British boxing in the depth of it's a coat. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we're struggling a little bit. I see... There's more and more cards being made. Every TV channel seems to be showing bills at the moment. Um, there's more rumoured. Channel 5 are getting involved. There's Discovery going to get involved. You know, it's endless, isn't it? The number of channels and the number of shows. The undercards are getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And I just worry that we've not got the talent, we've not got the depth to pack out these undercards. You know, if, you, if you've got a, t a boxing show on a Saturday night, 
take for example Sky Sports on Saturday. We shouldn't be having Zach Chelly against Jack Kilgannon at nine o'clock in eight rounds at super middleweight. You know, that's not good enough. We all, yeah, you know, I like Jack. I see him about the park quite often, and Chelly's a decent kid. But that shouldn't be nine o'clock on a Saturday night. And I just worry that there's not enough talent to produce decent undercards for television. And yeah, you know, you might say, oh, the more boxing, the better. I don't necessarily think no. so. I think it's more quality versus quality over quantity with boxing. And I just worry it's getting watered down a little bit too much at the yeah. moment. It's totally diluted. And what I'll say, there's not enough opponents to go around. There's not enough journeymen out there to, to go around. I mean, two of Curtis Gargano's guys got stopped at the weekend. Dean Wilkinson and John Spencer unexpectedly. Suddenly, they'll have five, four, four fights. That's six fights down on two, on two promoters' cars this, this year. And also, we've got a load of Eastern European guys over in Czech licenses. Their visas are up in a couple months. And they're, they're just filling shows at the moment, these guys. Um, it's 12 of them over with Czechoslovakian licenses, and they're good. You know, they're, they're doing their job. Um, and I, I think also the journeymen now um, are up because they say can pick and choose. They're happy taking 1,200 quid on a small hall show, knowing can they, they can have a walk around, not even get hit and win if they really tried, than going on an Eddie show, a boxer show, or a Frank show, for Frank Warren for 1,750 quid, and get hit hard for four rounds. I think that's also a problem. Ryan? I think, it's, I think it's a great point about the depth, but you think, well, how much more do you want to inspire one of these small hall <laughs> fighters and telling him he's on TV? You're going to inspire and surely you're going to get the best out of him. And if you're not, then the emphasis and, and, has to, and, the, and the blame has to lie with the fighters who, how can you not get up? If you're fighting, like you said, nine o'clock on a Saturday night, what, for your ticket sales, for, for your career, that you should be getting the best out of these fighters. You should be unearthing some gems that, you know, they said diamonds in the rough. That's what we should be finding. So I think you might be right, John, that maybe we haven't got the depth and we certainly have got a problem with the journeyman. I agree with that. Um, really? I've, I've Graham's telling me that everyone's searching for fighters last minute. In fact, did we not just recently, didn't one of the McCormick brothers not get a fight because there was no one to fight? Yeah, there's, no, there's no one fighting. Oh, we could have gone on again, these, these topics right now. <laughs> We're going a bit off what we've been speaking tonight. Ryan's final topic, um, one of his favourite fighters, and I'll let him carry away. Me and John are just sit here for three minutes. <laughs> I mean, for 30 seconds each later. Well, it's um, all about Mike Tyson. I mean, about 10 of his fights, if you, you could get 10 fights in the three minutes I'm allowed. I mean, yeah. my favourite example of why Mike Tyson's the most exciting fighter probably in the history of the sport is probably the Sphinx fight. 90 seconds, two knockdowns. And what I love about Mike Tyson, and there's only certain fighters who had it. Naz had it. In, in a lesser, lesser version, my brother Michael's got it. When you watch a fighter who, who's got this aura about him, and Mike Tyson's the ultimate of it, Naz had it in a different way, but we'll talk Tyson. It's all them front seat, thousands of thousands of pounds worth of money people who are watching the fights. You know, they have to be stars to get there. They're so tight to the ring. The fight lasts 30 to 60 seconds. Watch them. Watch them, how they react to Mike Tyson. It's the best because that's when the man's gone. That's when the gladiator, everyone turns up to see Mike. They don't care if it's one second, 100 seconds, 10, 12 rounds. And Mike Tyson is going to go down in history as the most exciting fighter. His, his presence, his ring walk. The, the, the actual action he'd done when he was in there, phenomenal. He's one of my favourites. One of my favourite fights we were talking earlier about when a fighter's in his prime and unbeatable. When Tyson beat Burbick, I don't think there's a heavyweight alive who could have beat him on that night. Overall, I think probably Lennox Lewis is the king of kings. 
even he, he he could be dented. He did go back and do his business. But Tyson, just for excitement, just for excitement, pure excitement, there'll never be another Mike Tyson who he embodied everything that a fighter wants to embody to his to the people coming to watch him. He you're just excited just to watch him walk to the ring was exciting. Never mind what he was going to do in there, and and that's why he's my favourite. I've I've watched more Mike Tyson than anybody, and um, yeah, I could go on forever, but yeah. yeah. When you just said that subject, I come up with that little spell of me in my mind straight away. In the third fight, I'm going to mention it's my favourite, the knockout. It's sent in the centre of the ring. I think it was was centering. When he won the title from Burbick, um, November '86, he then in, inside five or about five months, he then went and destroyed Bone Crusher Smith. And then Pinkland Thomas, all inside six months. Incredible. And that's me. That's my thoughts of Tyson. And then whether you mention Tyson, the first fight that comes to me is Pinkland Thomas. John, what's your memories yeah, of Mike? You know, he's, he's underrated by the hipsters, isn't he? They think it's cool to say Tyson wasn't all this. But that night... Don't talk about hipsters that, to me. <laughs> that night in, when he beat Burbick, I, I don't think it was a heavyweight in the world. And something else that gets levelled at him, he had no heart. You, you could bully him, you could bully him. Rubbish. Watch him fight Razor Ruddock twice and then yes. tell me you could bully Tyson. He everything. busted, didn't he? He was out here. He was trying yeah. to put his gun in. Now, still Tyson, he, nearly, he still nearly turned it around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, John, you've delivered there. You've you outdone Ryan Walsh on Tyson. The hipsters who don't rate him. Fantastic, yeah. John. Yeah. I tell you, this is one round six that will, you know, obviously we want to see, but there's been a lot of kerfuffle on social media over the weekend about the, the undercard that seems to have gone underground. You know, no Fury versus White undercard being named so far. I'm sure it's going to be out this week forget all this talk about the fight's not happening it's happening um but you know what i'm thinking now, for us who love boxing we want to see a good undercard at all levels but you know what i think but when bt and sky put on these big pay-per-views not 80 percent of the people have got no interest in who's on the undercard it could be john evans <laughs> knocking me out of a body shot in the first 10 seconds and they'd accept it as, as proper boxing wouldn't they because they're, they're just there. You go back to when um, Usyk versus um, Joshua at White Hart Lane. Sky was spending more time asking asking Idris Elba, whatever he's called, the guy that used to be in that nasty flip cop program, um, who now does adverts for Sky. He's, his career's gone a bit downhill. Um, um, they're, they was asking him, what's it like being an Arsenal supporter at Tottenham's ground? I mean, that was the sort of stuff they were feeling it with. So you know that they're not the the undercard. Meet the, the people watching will be more interested in what Idris Elba's doing at Wembley than when Anthony Kakachi, Isaac Lowe, or Tommy Fury are fighting. It means nothing to them, and it's only like you know the few hundred people on Twitter who are not getting this. And I, I you know, it's sad, but that, that's what it is. It, the, Sky and BC are not catering for the hardcore boxing fans when they put these big pay-per-view cards together. And that's not a knock at Frank Warren, BT or Sky. They're giving what most of the consumers buying that want. You're 100% right. You talk about 80, 80 to 90%. That's how much of the purse is being spent. 98% of the purse is being spent on that fight. Yeah, that's it. That was the other point I wanted to make, yeah. The money's on that fight. That's what they're going to make, the money through the pay-per-views. i tell you what I've found interesting in talking about this fight is how much love respect um, and fans White's got it's shocking to me because I don't know maybe I'm a little bit of the old school who remembers the failed drug test and remembers things that put a little bit of tint on him 
And I'm not giving Fury a, a get out there with his bar meat and everything. But what I'm saying is he's really well liked and hoped for. And I think it's due to the fact how long he's took to get his shot. So full credit to him. I've been on an undercard of his as well. But he is he's really, really well liked. The numbers will be massive for that fight. I do think because just general normal boxing fans you don't you don't think not nothing really like Dillian White. Yeah, I, I I agree hundred percent. And I know Steve thinks like the promotion missed out on the famous head-to-head photo to kickstart it all by Dillian acting up. But yeah, there's been news and talk about this fight and Dillian doing no promotion and Frank arguing with lawyers. It's been every single day. I I you could say it's been yeah, the worst yeah. promoted fight, but you could also say it's just been relentless every day. There's been talk about this fight. The tickets are sold. I believe we've got five or six thousand more, haven't we? There's going to yeah, be they, 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 I was told today. I don't know whether it's been an hour or I was sold wrong. I'm so, I haven't seen any releases. I'm told now they might be being, they might be letting in over 90, 93 yeah. or 94,000 in there. Yeah, I believe it's about 95, 96. So wow. We're not going to spend anything on the undercard. We'll get Tommy Fury, won't we? We'll get eyes at low again, somebody. And it'll be like a five fight card. And as you say, interviews with. Um, James Corden and Idris Elba. Oh, don't you. James Corden is interviewed. I'm switching off and not watching it. No, I'm so excited with a fight. If James Corden rocks up, I'm going to turn over and watch. Oh, then I'm going to watch. Last yeah. night at the proms or something. Or, you know, I'll go and watch Take That's Great. I'll listen to Take That's Greatest Hits. Don't talk about Corden to me. <laughs> hey, fellas, I think we're out of time there, John, are we? Yeah, gone way over. Yeah. I'll tell you what, you've been a brilliant guest, Ryan, as always. You're number one on this podcast. Well, we want you back on in a couple of months. Um, you're absolutely superb tonight. John, you've been you've been in top form as well tonight. Uh, I can't thank you both enough. And thank you, everyone else who's tuned in and listened, because, you know, it's been a 20, 25 minutes of good boxing talk there tonight. And I'll say that myself without... Um, you know, pr- promoting how much we love doing this. Thank you very much. For all boxing, info, news, and latest interviews, amateur and pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP, boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.